the way we think about parenting really matters. But there is one negative thought pattern in particular that we get stuck in so easily as parents, and it makes it really hard to show up the way we want to and meet our kids' needs effectively. What is that negative thought pattern? Stay tuned. Parenting, it's the hardest job we'll ever do. Most of us are tired, stressed, and counting the minutes until bedtime. But what if raising kids could feel just a little lighter? I'm Dr. Hillary, a licensed psychologist and mama of three, and you're listening to the Raised Resilient Podcast, where each week we tackle tough parenting topics, and I help decode behavior and empower you with tools and strategies so that even the hardest moments make more sense. Because parenting is hard, no matter how you do it. But I can help you go from barely surviving to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to raise resilient kids. Hey friends, welcome back to Raised Resilient. I'm your host, Dr. Hillary, and I am so glad you're here. In today's episode, I am going to share the number one negative thought pattern that we can get stuck in as parents that keeps us from feeling connected to our kids and keeps us from being effective as parents. Now, I know that's a pretty big claim to make, right? That this one thought pattern could be so impactful, but I truly believe that our mindset, our headspace, how we are thinking about ourselves, our kids, and any given situation in parenting really and truly determines how a given moment in parenting is going to go. Are we going to feel stressed, overwhelmed, frustrated, ineffective? Or are we going to be able to be in the moment with our child and really think about what does my child need right now and respond to that? Now, of course, mindset is not the whole of the issue, right? We have to have the resources to be able to respond. We have to have something to give. We can't pour from an empty cup. And so I have several episodes that if you feel like you're running on empty as a parent, you should go listen to now. Like last week's episode where I talk with Elizabeth Andreevsky about how to set ourselves up for success as parents, how to fill our cups so that we have something to give, how to widen our window of tolerance for parenting's stressful moments. And there are a lot of them, right? So definitely go back and listen to that episode if you have not already. It is such a helpful episode filled with practical things you can start doing literally today to help widen that window of tolerance and help you show up the way you want to. But equally important is our mindset, the headspace we bring to parenting, how we are seeing ourselves, our kids, and the situations we find ourselves in as parents. Now, before I share this negative thought pattern that I believe really brings us down as parents and makes it so much harder to parent effectively, I want to remind you that I have a free resource that is going to help you get your mindset right as a parent. This guide is going to help you see your child, your child's behavior, yourself, your own behavior and reactions through the most charitable lens possible. This guide is going to help you unlearn some of the unhelpful and untrue messages that you got about kids and behavior from being parented yourself. And it's totally free. So you can get your copy today at raiseresilient.com forward slash mindset. So go download that, read through it, and really try to start to shift the way you are seeing these hard moments in parenting. And I promise you, if you can shift your mindset, the way you show up and the way you feel about parenting is also going to shift. Okay, so what is this negative thought pattern that I see parents getting stuck in all the time? What is this negative thought pattern that I see causing disconnection between parents and kids? 
that I see causing parents to be less effective in responding to behaviors and to their kids' needs than they otherwise would be. What is this negative thought pattern? Let's get right into it. The number one negative thought pattern that I see parents getting stuck in is something I like to call the parenting rabbit hole. The parenting rabbit hole is a bit of an anxiety spiral that we go down when we're having a hard time in parenting. It might sound something like this. Let's say that your child is having a meltdown in the middle of the store because you said no to a toy. This is a pretty normal, common parenting experience. This is one of those things that is really tough to navigate in the moment, especially if your mindset is not in the right place. But it is one of those parts of parenting that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you or your kid. And despite that truth, we often spiral in these moments. So the parenting rabbit hole might sound like this. Your child is yelling and protesting in the middle of Target. You feel embarrassed and you start to think things like this. Oh my gosh, what's wrong with her? Why is she acting like this? This is not normal behavior. Why can't I get this behavior to stop? If I was a better parent, she would not be acting like this. She would just be okay with me not buying her the toy. What am I doing wrong? If it's this hard now when she's four, what's it going to be like when she's a teenager? I'm not even going to be able to handle her. Oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what is wrong with her, but there's got to be something because this is not normal. Now, if you are recognizing a little bit of yourself in that anxiety spiral, you are not alone. You are in very good company. There's a reason that I say this is the number one negative thought pattern that parents get stuck in. And that's because I've been there myself many times, especially early on in my motherhood journey. But also almost every parent that I have supported professionally has been there too. This thought pattern is so incredibly common. And it is not your fault if you find yourself going down the parenting rabbit hole during tough moments in parenting. This rabbit hole comes naturally to us, largely because of how we were parented and because of the unrealistic, unhelpful messages and expectations that society still has around how kids should behave. And even on social media, where thankfully a lot of voices are now speaking out about attachment and child development and what we actually should be expecting from our kids who have still developing brains. Even on social media, though, There are always people who will show up in the comments of these videos saying, this is what actually is going on for your child in these hard moments. And these people will still say things like, well, I would never let my kid act like that. That kid's going to grow up to be entitled. That kid needs a good spanking. That kid needs to be punished. How many times have you been out in public with your child and all of a sudden you feel like everyone is judging you, especially if your child starts having a hard time, if they're disappointed about not getting a toy like in the example I just gave, or if they're just not listening to you and you say, hey, don't touch that. Oh, can you put that down? It's really, really normal for kids not to do those things the first time they're asked. It's incredibly normal for kids to be curious. It's super normal and healthy for kids to express disappointment. But we imagine that everyone is judging us negatively and maybe some people in our lives actually are making comments that make us feel uncomfortable allowing space for feelings and letting our kids push back on limits sometimes, even though we're going to ultimately hold that limit. Even if you buy into gentle, conscious, respectful parenting, for most of us, this is a big shift from how we were raised. And again, these unhelpful, untrue narratives play in our minds, unconsciously usually, in these tough moments. Narratives like, okay, but really, 
Am I really doing the right thing if she's still hitting me and she's eight years old? I mean, I know that I'm not supposed to punish, but I kind of feel like if I used punishments, he wouldn't still be doing this, right? These narratives can come up and we can start to doubt ourselves. It's really easy to do. So I already gave one example of how the parenting rabbit hole can show up for us, but I'm going to give you a few more examples, some common situations that can trigger us to start to go down this parenting rabbit hole. And then I'm going to teach you how to identify when you are starting to go down that parenting rabbit hole so that you can work on stopping that thought spiral. And I'm going to share a couple of replacement thoughts that you can start to actively employ when you find yourself going down the parenting rabbit hole. So one of the most common thoughts that comes up when we start to go down the parenting rabbit hole is, is this behavior normal? I should do a whole podcast episode on that, quite honestly, because that is such a common trigger of anxiety for parents. Maybe your child is hitting and you think they're too old for that. Maybe your child is just hesitant to hang out with other kids on the playground and you're wondering, is this normal for her to be so quote unquote shy? Maybe your child's meltdowns feel really intense to you and you feel like that just can't be normal. Well, first of all, what do we even mean by normal? Normal's kind of a loaded word, right? I think we kind of think that if something is normal, then it's good. And something, if it's not normal, is somehow negative or bad. And of course, there is a typical trajectory for child development, and some kids follow that typical trajectory, and some kids are neuroatypical and follow a little bit of their own trajectory, and all of that can be okay and good and just fine. Some kids respond really well to typical gentle parenting strategies, and other kids respond better to other strategies that are just a little bit different than some of the traditional strategies that we share. Some kids feel their feelings really intensely. They absorb so much from the world around them. These kids are deeply empathic and they feel things so intensely that sometimes they take on too much and their little emotional water pitcher gets full more quickly than other kids. And so you're gonna see more meltdowns. Sometimes you might hear these kids referred to as highly sensitive kids or orchid children or deeply feeling kids. These are just terms that people have come up with to try to categorize kids who maybe feel their feelings a little more intensely than other kids, but it is not a bad thing. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with your child. Of course, there are times where kids can do better with different supports, where kids might need occupational therapy or speech therapy or therapy therapy, play therapy, right? All of that is just fine. And advocating for your child if you think that they need more than what they're getting to be successful is a wonderful thing. But even if that's the case, sitting here going, is this normal, is really not a helpful question to be asking. We always want to reframe that, is this normal question to, what does my child need to be successful, to develop in the way that is best for them? to grow into the best possible version of themselves? What does my child need in order to do that? Another problematic thing that can come from this wondering, is this normal, especially when it comes to behavior or intensity of emotions, is that a lot of times when parents are wondering that, we are not looking at the parent-child relationship as part of the solution. We are sitting there externalizing the struggle that we're experiencing in the relationship with our child, right? The child's not listening. The child's having these really intense meltdowns that are completely derailing our days. 
Maybe the child is saying things that feel disrespectful to you. Maybe the child is pushing your buttons, but all of that is happening in the context of the relationship you have with your child. When we sit there and say, is this normal? We are externalizing the blame to our child. We are looking at our child as the problem, and that is never, ever helpful. I was, as many of you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, a child therapist for over a decade prior to the pandemic. And one of the things I saw so frequently in my work as a child therapist is that I would get phone calls from parents saying, oh my gosh, my child is just out of control. His behavior is off the wall. She doesn't ever listen. She won't leave me alone. She has these intense, really difficult meltdowns and I don't know what to do. Now, early on in my work as a child therapist, I would just see the child. I would do play therapy. I would work with the child and I would occasionally meet with the parents. I might talk with them a little bit before and after the session. And what I realized is that a lot of these kids, nothing was changing. Nothing was really getting better. And the parents were growing increasingly frustrated and increasingly convinced that there was some capital P problem with their child. And eventually it dawned on me that the reason nothing was getting better was because I wasn't working intensively with the parents to support the parents in understanding the child better and helping the parent know how to meet the child's needs during these challenging moments in parenting. And that realization and that shift I made in my practice is a big part of why I started this podcast and why I started this entire separate business to support parents. Because I truly believe that when difficult behaviors are troubling you, when your child's meltdowns are so intense, you're not sure how to handle them, you will get so much further if we empower you to better meet your child's needs and to better understand and connect with your child. And that's exactly what I saw in my practice. These families were experiencing major turnarounds change that felt so deep and so real after only a few months of working together, after sometimes they had had their child in therapy for years. Because here's the thing, your child needs you. They need an attuned, present caregiver who can meet their needs within the attachment relationship. That's how behaviors and intense emotions get better and easier to handle. So if you find yourself kind of lying awake at night wondering, oh my gosh, is my kid's behavior normal? These behaviors feel so hard. Is this normal? Should I take my child to therapy? I want you to consider getting some support for yourself first to see if there is something you can do to better meet your child's needs in those hard moments. Don't get me wrong. There are absolutely times when child therapy is really successful and important as an intervention, but usually it's not for difficult behaviors. That is usually something that is much better solved through supporting the parent to support the parent-child relationship. So when you start to wonder, is this normal? Especially when you're not in the heat of the moment, I want you to reframe that for yourself as what does my child need from me and in general to be successful, to grow into the best version of themselves. And then in the moment when you are with your child, say in the supermarket and your child is melting down because you're not going to buy them that candy bar and you start to question, is this normal? I want you to stop and ask yourself, what does my child need from me right now? And chances are good. Your child needs you to be attuned. Your child needs you to be present. Your child needs you to hold space for those feelings. 
Your child doesn't need you to punish them, shame them, make them feel bad, or get them to be quiet. If you're in public, you can, of course, go somewhere quieter. You can, of course, go to a quiet corner of the store, go to the restroom, go out to your car if you can. I know that's not always feasible. I will do a whole episode on public meltdowns because that is a whole topic in and of itself. But what does my child need from me right now? That is going to pull you right back into the moment. It's going to bring you back to parenting the child in front of you, not some version of your child that doesn't exist yet. And it's going to help you diffuse the difficult situation by meeting your child's needs because that's always the answer. That's always how we move forward. Another common scenario that can trigger the parenting rabbit hole is when kids are hesitant to engage socially. We traditionally call this being shy, which I don't love because that feels pathologizing. And I have a whole episode on why we shouldn't call kids shy and how to rethink quote unquote shy behaviors. But these behaviors tend to send parents spiraling down the parenting rabbit hole. We can worry that there's something wrong with our child, that our child is somehow going to have issues making friends, that they're not going to have a good life, that they're going to be lonely, that they're going to be reclusive, that they're not going to develop social skills, that they're not going to be kind and empathic simply because they're a little hesitant and tend to cling to your side before they're ready to engage. I get questions from parents all the time about whether this means their child as young as two, three, and four has an anxiety disorder. And that is so far from what's actually going on. These kids who are a little bit more hesitant to engage are just trusting their bodies. They know they feel safe. They feel safest close to their attachment figure. They know that you are their safe place. And so when they're in a new situation at a family gathering, at the playground, even out at the grocery store, they are going to want to stay close to you. This is actually really adaptive. They are staying close to their secure base until they feel ready to venture out and explore. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you or your child. I actually think this is, again, really healthy and adaptive behavior. My oldest child was very hesitant in social situations as a toddler and a preschooler. And now at age eight, he is so social. He makes friends everywhere he goes. He actually would describe himself as a little more hesitant to engage than his younger brother, But he doesn't see that as a negative about himself. He just knows that's how he operates. And he knows that he takes a little bit longer to warm up. But that difference at this age with him is very subtle. He feels it in himself and he respects his hesitation when it's there. But as his mom, I don't really see it affecting him. I see him going out, making friends, trying new things, taking healthy risks. And that's the worry that we have when our toddler or our preschooler won't greet the store clerk, right? We're worried that somehow they're going to be socially stunted, that they're not going to make friends, they're not going to take healthy risks. And that is just not what we actually see happening. That is just not how these situations actually play out, especially if we respect our child's hesitation instead of trying to change or fix it. But if we go down that parenting rabbit hole and we get stuck in this thought pattern of, oh my gosh, what's wrong with my kid? How do I fix this? Why do I have a kid who's so shy? That thought spiral keeps us stuck. It keeps us from meeting our child's needs in that moment. And we might say things like, well, just go play. What's the big deal? Your friend's right there. It's just a playground. It's not scary, right? We might say, go play with your cousins. I'm trying to talk to Aunt Linda. We might get frustrated with our child. 
And I believe a lot of that frustration comes from that parenting rabbit hole thinking. We are worried about 10 years from now. We're worried about kindergarten when we have a two-year-old. We're worried about something that hasn't happened yet. We might also go down the parenting rabbit hole when our child speaks disrespectfully to us. We might feel like there's a big capital P problem and that we need to get harsher with our responses in order to control our child. So that might sound like, I cannot believe he's talking to me like this. How could I have ever gotten to the point where I let him talk to me like this? I need to clearly be harsher with my punishments because this is not okay. If she's this rude now when she's only seven, what's it going to be like when she's a teenager? We're going to have a terrible relationship and she'll never get hired for a job because she doesn't know how to be respectful. I have got to nip this in the bud now. Again, When we find ourselves going down the parenting rabbit hole, it's not our fault. It's so much a product of how we were raised, but it only takes us further away from the child standing in front of us who needs us and into this reality that, again, doesn't exist yet and might never. So those are some examples of what the parenting rabbit hole can sound like. But now let's talk a little bit about how you will know that you've gone down the parenting rabbit hole while you're in it. So here are a few telltale signs. The first is that you are thinking about the future. If you are thinking about anything other than the moment that is happening right now, if you are thinking about what your child's going to do when they're in kindergarten or how it's going to be when they're a teenager, you have gone down the parenting rabbit hole. Another clue that you've gone down the parenting rabbit hole is if you're wondering whether there's something wrong with your child or something wrong with yourself. If we are blaming ourselves or our child for what is going on in this moment, if we are convinced that our child is just too emotional or that they are too disrespectful or that they just don't listen, or if we're convinced that we're just not cut out for this, or if we were a better parent, our kid would behave differently. That kind of thinking, just like if you're thinking about the future, takes you away from parenting the child in front of you right now who needs you. So those are two telltale signs that you have gone down the parenting rabbit hole. And when you recognize that you have gone down the parenting rabbit hole, I want you to label it for yourself. Okay, I'm going down the parenting rabbit hole. Labeling this thought pattern is the first step to stopping it and shifting into a different place. We have to learn to recognize when we're doing this and stop in the moment and label, I'm going down the parenting rabbit hole. That's not helpful. Nobody benefits from these thoughts. And then once you've recognized that you are in the parenting rabbit hole and you have labeled that pattern for yourself, I've gone down the parenting rabbit hole. Once you've done that, I want you to use a mantra to help you stay present and focused on what really matters. And there are a lot of different mantras you can use to keep yourself grounded in those moments. But one that I love is just, all I have to do is parent the kid in front of me right now. What does she need? How can I meet those needs? Or you could say, there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with my kid. I can meet my child's needs in this moment. I'm a good parent who has a good kid, who's having a tough time right now. And that right now is key because again, we want to stay focused on the moment we are in and not let our minds take us to moments that do not exist yet. When we focus on the child in front of us and look at that child and think, what does my child need right now? We are always going to be more effective as parents. We are going to be more connected to that child standing in front of us. We're going to be able to do things like hold space for feelings, validate our child's experience, co-regulate these big emotions. We are going to be present to do those things because we have pulled ourselves back into the present moment. 
Much like mindfulness is really helpful for generalized anxiety, mindfulness of the parenting moment we're in is really helpful for parenting anxiety. So I hope this has been helpful. I hope that after listening to this, you will be able to start to recognize when you are going down the parenting rabbit hole because we all do it and stop yourself and bring yourself back into the present moment, parenting the child right in front of you right now. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate you being here. And until next time, we've got this. I so appreciate you listening and being here. It really means the world to me. And if you are enjoying this podcast, leave a review and share with someone who could use this message. I really and truly believe that this is how we change the world. We spread the word about raising resilient kids, about being cycle breakers. So share this podcast, leave a review, and let's spread the word about raising resilient kids. Until next time, we've got this.